Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, October 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The baseball playoffs roll on, and so do our conversations with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. Today we talk pitching. The Royals got young in 2021. They became the first team in Major League history to have five players start games in the Major Leagues from the same draft class for the team that drafted them. And how about this stat? In 2019, the last full year of baseball before this year, pitchers who were 26 years and older made 113 starts for the Royals. This year, it was 51. What does that say about the future? We talk about it and much more on today's show. So let's get started talking Royals pitching with Lynn Worthy. Lynn, uh, you watching any of the baseball playoffs? Yeah, I've watched, um, seems like I've watched parts of a few games here and there. I was watching um, some of that Tampa-Boston game the other night where they had the weird call with the play at the wall where they ended up, uh, was that like the 12th, 13th inning, whatever, um, whatever inning that was. And then I think I, I feel like I've seen parts of some other games too. I know I saw a part of, uh, actually, I think I watched all of the, the wild card games or at least the American League wild card game. And then I think part of the National League and um, probably going to watch some of this uh, uh, White Sox and um, Astros. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily sitting down and camped out for all of them, especially since some of them are pretty lengthy. And but uh, watching parts of a lot of them. Yeah, I'm struck by look. There were a lot of runs in the Red Sox Rays series, but for the most part, I'm kind of struck by how good the pitching has been in the National League uh, side of the of the bracket. And I wanted to talk pitching with you today with um, when it comes to the Royals. You know. Uh, the if there if there was one word to describe the the Royals pitching both um, from a starters and a bullpen standpoint, but especially the starters, it would be young. <laughs> the Royals were a young pitching staff this season. You had a couple of really interesting stats and facts in story you wrote recently, uh, kind of wrapping up the season that I wanted to get into a little bit. One was, and I didn't realize this, in 2019, you know, the last full season of baseball, pitchers who were 26 years and older had 113 starts. And this year, pitchers 26 years and older had 51 starts. So that is, um, that's quite the change and, and probably a direction a lot of people like seeing with the Royals. Um, they did get young this year on the on the mound, and they took their lumps for sure. But how how well does it bode for the future? Well, how well it bodes, I guess, is uh, open to interpretation. I mean, I guess the, the the one thing you know you have is you at least you shouldn't even say you know you have you you think you have is you've got room for growth. You think you've got upside. You think you've got still strides to be made. Whereas you know a couple of years ago. Um, when you're looking at a rotation where, you know, like that, like that, that, that year you cited, you're talking about guys like Homer Bailey made a lot of starts that year. Um, you know, Duffy made starts. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in that, that group there. Um, but you had get some older guys made starts who had been around for a while, who were pretty much 
for the most part, what they were going to be. Whereas you look at the group this year and you're saying to yourself, well, there still might be more to get out of Chris Bubich. There still might be more to, to come for Daniel Lynch, for Carlos Hernandez, for, um, you know, guys like Jackson Coar. Um, there, there's, you know, Brady Singer. Like there's still steps to be made, maybe even Brad Keller. Um, so you're not necessarily saying, okay, well, this is, these guys are what they're going to be. There's, there's, um, you know, as they like to say, uh, there's stuff to dream on there with some of these guys as far as, you know, improvement and what they might be able to be. Yet they're already in the major leagues and, and producing. So, um, so, I mean, and there's and the, you know, everybody talks about it now is stuff. You talk about the stuff that some of these guys are throwing out there, whether it's Daniel Lynch or Carlos Hernandez. I mean, it's it's some of the best stuff you're going to see. So um, just in terms of their repertoire pitches, their velocity, their movement, all that. Uh, so you're you're there's reason to believe that there's more to come. And, you know, they're still um, they were competing with, with uh, you know, just getting their feet wet this year. Well, there were some moments, especially after the all star break um, with 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 Carlos Hernandez, Bubich, um, uh, with um, Daniel Lynch had some starts that were just, you know, so promising, but as you might expect from pitchers this young, consistency wasn't there, and um, and, and there and we didn't get the the uh, the encouraging performance from from Jackson Kowar, which which is kind of fascinating. The guy dominated AAA, but every time you know he was he took the mound for the Royals, it just seemed like trouble followed him and couldn't get it done. Um, so if you had to. If we were projecting a, a rotation for you know the next season, the way the season opened, who 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 would be in there among these? You know, I, I've got a, I've I've listed about seven eight different candidates for a rotation next year. Who who would you have in there? Or guess? Well, I would. I mean, for, the first thing I would say is that the, all seven or eight are probably going to get starts at some point. Like everybody who likes to try and make a big deal out of, okay, these are your five pitchers. It's like, it's never five pitchers. It's never going to be five pitchers. It's never been five pitchers. It's always, I mean, well, I shouldn't say never been. I'm sure back in the day when the guys were thrown to their arms fell off, you know, you had, you could have five pitchers and, you know, just keep rolling them out there, but um, not today's game. So um, I think, especially when you feel when you think about pitchers who who've got innings under their belt, who've got experience, um, and you still need that, especially with guys who are, you know, coming off of their first full season in the majors. Some of them, and some of them, you know, didn't even really get a full season's worth of innings. Um, so I think you still got to count on Keller and Miner to be two of your guys, uh, your workhorse guys, the guys that give you innings. Because um, if you think you're just going to throw a bunch of guys who've had, you know, 40 starts or less in the majors out there and from start to finish of a major league season, I just don't see it. And I don't think it's going to work out the way you think it is, if that's what you think you're going to do. Um, so I think Keller and Miner have to be in there at least to start um, later in the season, who knows. Um, but I, then after that, it gets interesting because I think, um, you know, you look at what Carlos Hernandez did and you'd say as well as he's pitched and as much of a jump as he's made, you'd say he's probably got to be one of the guys who's in there. Um, you think about, uh, you know, Singer and Bubich as guys who, you know, were in the rotation last year and this year and who have had more experience than these other young guys. Um, 
And then you also talk about a guy like Daniel Lynch, who's the top pitching prospect, who they brought up early initially because they had eyes on him being part of that rotation going forward. And he's shown some really good starts, you know, and, and ability to compete even when he didn't have his best stuff. So there's six guys right there and probably six don't start um, to start the season. Uh, so uh, I'm the, the, the question is which one starts in the bullpen uh, or it starts at AAA. I'm not even sure if it's bullpen because people want to start shifting guys to bullpen. And I'm like, well, you still, like I said, you're going to need seven, eight, nine guys. You start making guys bullpen guys as though you have, you know, you know, 20 options. I mean, you have more depth than you had, but I don't think you got 20 guys. I don't think you got all the pitching depth in the world. I think, you know, to start just um, counting off or, you know, just moving guys and saying, okay, well, he's not a starting pitcher anymore. That's going to come back to bite you. Um, and if you start flip-flopping guys around, um, sometimes that doesn't work out. Another guy that we're not mentioning probably in that eight or nine right now, just because of last year is Jacob Junis. And you saw that flip-flopping around didn't exactly work out for him this season. So, um, and he's another guy that probably factors in somewhere, maybe in the bullpen. Um, uh, so out of those six, the question of who starts in the bullpen or in the AAA or who's not in that five gets pretty interesting in my mind. I'm not sure. Did I have a good answer? I think people, some people want to jump to Singer because of not really having that third pitch, but I think consistency wise, you can make a case that he's over the last two seasons, been a little bit more consistent than what you've seen from Bubich. Um, but to finish the season, Bubich looked really good at times to make you say, okay, well, maybe he's found it. Maybe he's figured it out. So um, I'm not, I'm not sure who the, who the odd man out is out of that group of six. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to know until spring training. I'm sure they'll have a plan going into spring training. I'm fairly sure they won't tell us what that plan is going to be. <laughs> and then we'll see how things play out. Um, but I think those are the six guys that I would say right now you got to look at and then figure it out from there on who's going to um, be your depth in AAA, whether that means somebody like Bubich starts in AAA again or uh, they do something else. And that's assuming, of course, that you don't have uh, additions through the offseason. Right. I mean, that's that's always a possibility. In fact, you, you hear – I've heard it suggested that uh, the Royals should go out and get a, you know, a veteran you know, success, you know, successful, obviously they want successful, um, but a veteran presence to, you know, they have that in Mike Minor, but maybe an additional player like that. And Royals fans of 10 years ago will, will remember how they went out and got James Shields and, and how that really was a, um, Kind of an important acquisition for the Royal, not to mention Wade Davis, but but um, the addition of Shields was was great for the clubhouse for young pitchers at the time, and um, and, and he gave him not only gave him uh, great leadership, but he also was well over 200 innings pitched in a couple of years for the Royals. This year, Mike Minor led the team with I think 158 innings pitched. So. Um, I'm not going to get hung up on on innings by these starters because, as you said, you're you're going to end up with a bunch of starters during a year anyway. I think the whole idea of you know needing to have guys give you your know, workhorse guys give you 200 innings. Uh, I, I don't know if you need that as much as long as you have guys that can go out and get you six innings in a game, and um, and and um, that seems to be more important. But what are the? How about the? the prospects of the Royals adding uh, going, going out and getting a, a veteran arm 
to complement this rotation. And the interesting part about that is, um, you know, the ideally, I think you'd probably, if you're going to do that, um, you're probably going more likely for a trade than free agency because you, you don't expect that they're going to go out and spend big money on a, a veteran guy or, uh, and to get proven veteran pitching on the free agent market that that's going to cost you big money. And, and, you know, for the Royals, that's, um, I don't know that they, they could get into that sort of bidding war. I mean, and if you do, is he, are you getting a, um, you know, you're probably getting more of a minor type. That's how they got minor was, you know, getting out there early in free agency, getting him um, for not big money. Um, if you're looking for something, maybe a front of the rotation guy, proven veteran type guy is probably either you're going to spend more than probably what the Royals are able to spend or uh, willing to spend or, um you're doing it through trade and, and that's kind of the question of, okay, what's out there in the trade market? What did you have to give up? What, what can, can you get? So um, I don't know that I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm expecting that type of a move. I mean, it'd be uh, interesting if they went that route, if that, if that signals what they feel like they have, uh, what position they're in coming into next season, but um, that's something that I would necessarily expect, but at the same time, you know, we talk about the innings, um, and some of these guys still don't have that many innings under their belt. So to think that they're going to go and, you know, make you make it through a full season next year is also, I don't know if that's a, a leap that I'd necessarily be willing to assume either. I mean, uh, even a guy like Hernandez, I think this year total, it's a little bit over a hundred and some innings. I mean, like it's, I mean, not one, not even one thirty, not one fifty. I mean, like it's, you know, for a guy like Carlos Hernandez, who has looked as good as he has, but expect he's going to be one of your main guys in the rotation next year, you're still making a big leap. I mean, uh, so I'm pulling it up here now. It's 26 and a third at AAA this season, and then uh, 85 and two-thirds in the majors. So that's all he threw this year um, coming off of last year with the, the pandemic year. So it's next year, I think he's going to be – a 170 innings guy. I don't know how realistic that is. And I don't know what that's going to look like if you try and push it to that. So um, you got to have some guys and that's, that's why people just want to say, Oh, I'll go all with the young guys. It's like, well, young guys might not be there at the end of the season or young guys. If you were to make a playoff push, what happens when you're shutting them down? Cause you know, it wasn't, but a couple of years ago, 2019 when Keller and Junis got shut down before the end of the season, because they were getting to innings limits. So to think that all of a sudden they're just going to, blow past those with these guys, I don't think you're really thinking it through. It's a good point. Um, hey, let me, uh, to underscore the the uh, the youth factor on this rotation, another uh, uh, nugget from story that you wrote recently, the Royals were the first team in major, and I'm reading from your story, first team in major league history to have five players from the same draft class start games in the major leagues for the team that drafted them. And that, <laughs> and that group didn't include Carlos Hernandez. I mean, so, that really does point to um, where the the experience is for this team. And I'll, Keller is 25, Bubich 23, Singer is 24, so is Lynch and Hernandez. So really, um, at least uh, spring training, a lot to look forward to with the development of, of, of this uh, rotation. Let's, uh, let's take a break here, Lynn. And, and when we come back, uh, we'll continue the conversation and, and hone in on the bullpen. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Lynn Worthy. We're talking Royals pitching. Um, before we, before we uh, dismiss the starters here, uh, I just thought that was a really interesting stat that you had in that. And, and of course that was kind of well known when as, as Royals were making starts toward the end of the year, I think um, it, when it got, when it got to five, it was, was it Heasley uh, That was the Heasley. fifth one. Yeah. Heasley yeah. was the fifth one. That's what put it over the, um, uh, the, record, right? the, that's what made it. Yeah. History was uh, having five guys from the same draft class start games for the, club to draft them in the same year. So the five were Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Kowar, and John Heasley. And they were all part of that 2018 draft class, which also included Kyle Isbell, um, among some others who, you know, might not be that far away. Uh, so that was, you know, and um, I think at the time that they made that history, I remember talking to Lonnie Goldberg on the phone, who was, you know, actually was scouting director and now was going to be um, moved up to assistant GM player personnel. But, um, you know, and he talked about how they went into that knowing that this was going to be a big draft because that was the draft that they had those compensation picks for losing uh, Kane and uh, Hosmer. And so and obviously, you know, I think it, it's it been noted, but I think people forget that, you know, they traded away a lot of pitching just to to make the moves to get them to the World Series. And I think Witt alluded to alluded to it in the story that I uh, I uh posted the other day where he talked about you know they gave up a lot of pitching to to make that run and to go all in at the world series which is what you're supposed to do this is the paraphrasing wit and um you know and now they're just sort of getting to the point where they're restocked some of that pitching um and i forget what the number is um i know the it was similar to the number um the the, the mets did the same thing to get to that world series in 2015 um, but I think over a you know a couple year period, it's it was double digits. I think it was ten or eleven pitchers. You know, and not not all of those guys necessarily turned into stars or anything. But it's you know when you when you trade away over you know a two year period, um, ten or eleven guys from your minor league farm system who are all pitchers. Um, sure, you still have guys left over, but that that's a hit. That's a hit that takes a while to come back from, and um, that's a hit that takes you know time to to regroup and to get yourself high caliber guys at the top levels of your farm system. Uh, and so they're just starting to get to that point now. 
Um, as we tra transition into the bullpen, uh, I do want to another kind of I'm a little stat happy today, but one that that I want to call your attention to is the Royals ended up in, in terms of you know, pitching numbers uh, in the major league. They were about where their record suggested they should have been, you know, somewhere after somewhere in the bottom half of the American League and certainly the bottom half of the major league and certain percentages and numbers, that sort of thing. But the one that sticks out to me is the Royals were 14th in the American League in walks, which means they, only one other team, I think it was the Texas Rangers, issued more walks than Royals pitchers did. And at the same time, the Royals, as Royals hitters, took the fewest base on balls in the major league. So Royals pitchers tend to walk. Royals hitters tend not to walk. You know, so Royals pitchers – the Royals give up so many bases that way uh, with their with their sweet, free swinging hitters, and uh, and and, the, and Royals pitchers, of course, issue a lot of base on balls. So I, I don't know what that says, except it's um, it, it's not part of the the organization's philosophy to um, you know to, to take a lot of ball fours on the on the hitting side. But I I would love to see their pitchers with more control, and maybe that's again, a product of youth here that, um, you know, as they, you know, just I remember some of Coar's starts, um, you know, how, how wild he was. So just uh, maybe that's something that will come down naturally uh, as, as, as these young, young pitchers, pitchers develop. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I, from the conversations I've had over these last couple of years, it's pretty clear to me that the, the ones that they're not taking, I guess you could say, as far as in the batter's box, um, don't drive Mike Matheny nearly as crazy as the ones that they're giving up from the pitcher's mound. Um, and it seems like those ones, you know, there's it, anecdotally the number of times that those come around to to haunt them, whether it's, you know, an, an inning where um, with two outs, you gave up a run and that run was a guy who reached because it was a walk or a guy who moved in the scoring position because of a walk. Or it just seemed like that came back to get them all throughout the season. Um, part of that, I think, is also, you know, that as we were talking about all these young pitchers and all this, you know, the, the stuff and the, the possibility, part of those growing pains and part of that, um, Part of what you get with that, too, sometimes is guys who don't quite have the commands that, you know, uh, more experienced, more veteran guys, um, guys who maybe aren't uh, as confident pitching the contact that are trying to nibble around the edges. Um, part of that comes with the, those those young pitchers. So for everybody who's, you know, gung ho about, yeah, we got guys who are all under 25. It's like, yeah, well, make sure you keep that same energy for that when you're seeing them load the bases with walks. That's, you know, that's, that's part of it, too. Um and obviously it's something that the Royals aren't, you know, it's, it's not something that they're uh, happy with. And it's not something that they, you know, it's not like they're coaching guys to say, ah, it's fine if you walk. No, that's not, that's not at all what they're getting from. I can tell you it's not all what they're getting from the manager who's a former catcher who, <laughs> who just can't stand it. It's not what they're getting from the pitching coach, you know, the bullpen coach, any of those guys. So, um, but I think it's definitely an area they have to improve. It's, and particularly um, if you got guys who are coming out of the pen that are putting guys on, that, those are the ones that really, um, I don't want to say they hurt you more, but like they stand out because those guys come into situations where it's like, okay, you've got to come in, throw strikes, whether that's giving up hits, pitching the contact, like you got to throw strikes. You can't just put guys on when you're coming into some of those situations. And so those are the ones that um, they really, 
they really jump out at you. Um, their top guys, some of their top guys have been up and down with that, you know, in the past and they've gotten better. I mean, think of a guy like Stalmont when he first came up, he was all walks and strikeouts. It seemed like, and he's really brought down those walk numbers from what they were a couple of years ago when he debuted. Um, so it's, it's clearly a, an area that they need to work on. Um, you, you like to hope some of that comes with the experience, but um, some of that's going to be just upgrading personnel overall. Yeah. seems like Jake Brents was one of those this year that um, would, would uh, have, have bouts of wildness and, uh, but overall was effective and gave the Royals a, a, a really nice, uh, really nice season. In fact, he led the team in appearances with 71, one more than Scott Barlow. So overall, the bullpen, I, I thought, acquitted itself pretty well, to be honest with you. I, um, uh, Barlow, Stamont, Brent, especially, um, you know, and toward the end, Tapia was, was really a, what a nice find he was, a nice surprise. Um, uh, you, you always want you know, better, right. Always, always seeking improvement, but I, the Royals have to feel pretty good about the, at least the, you know, the, you know, the, the four or five of their arms in the bullpen. Yeah, they have, you know, I mean, bullpens are always going to be, it seems like in this day and age, a year to year proposition. So, I mean, whatever you had the year before, sure. You'll have some pieces, but it's not as like, it's not like you're going to just say, okay, well, we've got our bullpen set. It's like, no, it, there's always going to be moving parts. There's going to be guys who have up and down years. I mean, it was uh, was it a couple of years ago um, at the end of 2018. Remember uh, Willie Peralta looked like he was going to be a uh, he turned into a mainstay bullpen type guy, and then he was released um, by the end of 2019. So um, it, it's year to year that stuff is just fluctuates so much. Um, I do think that that top three group there, Brent Barlow and Stalmont, um, is a group that. Um, or those three, I would say, you know, you can sort of pencil them in in some sort of role. Um, the next group this season, at least to me, was, um, you know, you had guys like Zimmer was in there at, at points, but then he dropped off late in the season. Um, you know, obviously Holland, who can be a free agent uh, at the at, now that we're getting into the offseason, obviously getting up there in, in years, um, was another one who was in that group where they weren't necessarily the top group of the next guys that you could at least count on in certain situations. Um, and, you know, as the season went along, guys like Tapia and Payam sort of worked their way in there. Um, you got a young guy like Zuber who still seems to be up and down, and he's another one who gets the – uh, ends up giving up a lot of walks. Um, so there's pieces there, but I think that top three, the Brents, Barlow, Stalmont, the ones that, you know, I would count on. And then outside after that, it's going to uh, be interesting to see how things shake out. I mean, you know, you have guys, it's not as though you're, you know, um, losing guys. Uh, I mean, aside from tech, uh, potentially the free agents, but um, even if you finally do say goodbye to Holland and the Davis, um, you've got some guys or potentially some guys who maybe could slot in there. And then again, as we talked about a little bit earlier, whether there are some guys, not so much the young guys who you think are starters, but whether that means a, um, uh, if that's Jacob Junis is a full-time bullpen mem member next year, whether that means um, some of these guys who potentially are coming back from injuries, uh, Foster Griffin or um, some of these other guys are part of your bullpen plans, not to mention, you know, Tapia, Piamps. Uh, so there's there's going to be some options. And then it seems like they always pick up somebody, a veteran type guy on the free agent market to take a flyer on that turns out to be, 
you know, half decent for them. Um, you know, whether that's uh, this year with uh, this, the last couple of years, when we talk about Holland and, and uh, Trevor Rosenthal, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it wasn't even a, pick, a pickup. It was moving a guy to the bullpen with Ian Kennedy, a veteran guy. So, I mean, that bullpen can shape out a lot of different ways. Um, but I think, like I say, keep coming back to that, that, that group of three guys and you got a left-hander in there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that, uh, you know, how that shakes out. Um, it's a couple of guys who, uh, I think one guy who maybe might've had a, a hand in that that won't now, you know, Richard Lovelady had the, um, Tommy John surgery. So he's going to be out of that mix. Um, but he would have been another guy who could have been part of that mix too. Irvin Santana was another one of the veterans who, um, you know, uh, We'll see what he ended up being an innings eater for, for the Royals this year. Um, and look, and you're talking about the top three in the bullpen, Barlow, Stalmont, and Brents. They're all of, you know, none of them are too old, right? None, none of them have a lot of wear and tear on the arms. They're older than the, the starters that we talked about, but, but not as, you know, uh, Barlow, the oldest at 28. So there, look, I think there's, um, yeah, I, I agree that we were looking at um, uh, you know the, the, at least the top of, of the the bullpen for next year. I think it's probably time to you know to to uh, part ways with a couple of old friends like Holland and Wade Davis. We'll see what happens there. Wade Davis, especially as sad as that is, as glorious as his time was with the Royals the first time. It's just uh, we we've had this discussion before. At least you've heard me out on this discussion. I should say. It's painful to see him, uh, you know, get knocked around like he did this year, and because he he meant so so much to the fourteen and, and fifteen Royals. So anyway, uh, enough on that. Hey, yeah, and one and uh, one guy I was just uh, scrolling through here that I forgot to mention too that you know we didn't really factor up past uh, the first couple of weeks of April. Jesse Hahn was a guy that they were counting on this year to be a factor in the bullpen. And he's one of the, I think they had eight guys had saves this year. And he's one of them. He had it in, back in April, but then had the shoulder problem and just, you know, wiped him out for the rest of the season. But um, he potentially, I think he's, um, I'm trying to remember what his status is. He's arbitration still. Um, I, I think he, I think he might be still in that arbitration window where he'd probably um, potentially get some more money, but um, he, he, they could still have him. Um, potentially come back next year. Um, but yeah, and that was the other thing is they had, you know, uh, Barlow ended up with 16 saves, but they had something like eight guys had saves for them, including Stalmont, Brents. Um, I think Zimmer had a couple, Han and um, Holland. Uh, I think Davis even had a couple in there too. So, you know, there's, there's guys and they've gone to that bullpen method, you know, that you see Guys like uh, the Rays have used and different teams have used, you know, through the regular season. And you see it a lot in this postseason now where it's not necessarily a one closer guy. It's guys who who fit the particular situation in that matchup and uh, guys who they trust in high leverage more than others. Yeah. OK. And we, we asked this question a couple of weeks ago, but we'll end on this. Uh, if you, you will vote for Royals Pitcher of the Year, I think I get a vote in that, too. Um, who would you cast your vote for? Um, trying to remember. Did we? Did we do this? I, I was. I, was, I, I feel we like we talked. We talked about it, but we haven't. Yeah. I don't think we have filled out a ballot yet. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Um, I think in my in my head, I'm pretty sure the way I was uh, thinking of it last time is still the way that I'm thinking about. It is uh, I probably go with a guy like Barlow because of his um, 
you know, the number of games he had an impact on. And, um, you know, if you're looking at rotation guys, there's a lot of guys who had up and downs. There was a, a guy like, um, you know, Hernandez obviously looked really good at times, um, but he was, uh, I forget how many starts it was, but I think it was really only like 11 or 12 starts. And then he had some other appearances too. And I think innings wise, he really, Barlow had, not far off of the number of innings that, uh, you know, a guy like Hernandez had because he had a shortened period in the majors um, and Barlow to sort of steady that bullpen because they were had those moving parts. But the one one of the guys that you could count on, whether it's in high leverage or for saves or for bases occupied situations was Barlow. Um, I think, you know, uh, Brent's had one more appearance to him. Otherwise, Barlow would have led them in appearances. Um, and he had a lot of the, the high pressure situations. Uh, I think he did lead them uh, in strikeouts. Um, he was, you know, he was sort of the, the workhorse for them in a bullpen that at times was really taxed this season. So I think I'd probably lean towards him. I agree. All right. Hey, Lynn, uh, great conversation. And we'll we'll stay in touch through the off season, but uh, thanks for today. No problem. All right. Beauty. All right, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, no problem. I, I think we'll probably just, we'll do it whenever there's news to, to, to talk about from, from now on. And there could be right. I mean, that's kind of how it goes with the Royals. You yeah, know? it could be. I don't, uh, I'm not sure what the next, um, I don't know if they got anything that is going to be immediately jumping off, but I know they're supposed to, or at least teams are supposed to sort of try and take it easy during the playoffs or particularly once it gets to the world series, but some teams are uh, more strict with that than others. Um, right. So, but yeah, I mean, depending on what's going on, I mean, I'm uh, not necessarily anxious for anything to be happening. I'm just right. ready to, <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah, get on a regular sleep schedule and all that. So, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, when there's when there's something, or if there's you know uh, something Royals related. Uh, yeah, I was look. I saw something the other day where somebody was looking. At, somebody listed the Royals who were in the playoff. Our former Royals are in the playoffs. It's a some of them go back away, so it's I mean it's a ways removed. I mean, you're talking about guys like Cranky, but um, then there's some others who are. Uh, on some teams, but uh, I don't yeah. know if any of them are, you know, so I, I mean, not that many big key guys, you know, came, right. but um, some of the other ones. Yeah. Liam Hendricks was a, um, was a yeah. Royal for a bit. Um, yeah. Because nowhere, they, nowhere near what he is now. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the White Sox actually have a bunch of them because they got, uh, you know, Billy Hamilton and Brian Goodwin are over there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, Hope they can win today. At least get a fifth game out of that series. Yeah, the the, the I can't remember who I was talking to, but I remember saying somebody said, you know, not a lot of people were talking about the Astros late in the season. I said that that team is good. Like I don't know, like people just sort of like I don't know if it was because of you know just the the scandal stuff, or whatever. I was like, but that that lineup is good. And they got a couple of pitchers, and it's like, yeah, well, uh, I mean. Astros, Red Sox, uh, ALCS. I'm not sure that I, I see a real good win out of that either way. But <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. We've seen that series before, anyway. So, um, same with the, the Dodgers win the uh, 
the the NL. We've seen him against the Red the Red Sox and the Astros the last few years. So. No, uh, I see already they're talking. Uh, Alex Cora is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I see that's that started last night and it's carried into this morning. <laughs> no, went from course, the, scan- the scandal ridden uh, manager to yep. now he's you now know, he's just brilliant, just oh, brilliant. Yeah. genius, and genius. They're, they're running through walls for him apparently. Yeah, that's right, exactly. All right, I'll, I'll see you in a few minutes on the sports yeah. call. We'll see. Okay. see you later. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Bickett. Big thanks to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to his stories and other stories about the Royals can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So you know about the morning sports edition, right? You don't? Well, let me tell you about it. You go to KansasCity.com, that's the Star Z edition, the replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open that e-edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that, and you can access about, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 pages of sports. It's incredible. Listen, maybe you get a link in your email. I do. It's there by about 6.30 every morning. Either way, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic, especially with the baseball playoffs going on. Okay, end of commercial. Thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we could not produce programs like Sportsbeat KC without you. We'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.